What's up, everybody? It's your boy Joshua Edwards, live from Live from My Parents' Kitchen. This is Season 2, Episode 21 of Joshua's Proximity. We are officially heading into Week 3 of the National Football League season. It's been a great first two weeks of the NFL seasons. We still have seven NFL teams remaining that are undefeated. We got the Carolina Panthers. We got the Denver Broncos. We got the Tampa Bay Bucks, Los Angeles Rams, the Las Vegas Raiders, um, the Arizona Cardinals, and the San Francisco 49ers that are currently the seven teams that still remain undefeated. I'm going to get into my matchups and what teams I do think will remain undefeated uh, heading into week four, but right now we're focused on a week three. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into it. Now, what is one thing that remains consistent throughout the entire time that somebody is playing football? What is one factor that is always going to remain outside of winning and outside of losing? Somebody's going to get hurt. You know, if, if you ever play any sport, especially if you played a contact sport like football, the injury rate is 100%. I don't know anybody that has played football, whether that be high school, little league, college, NFL, that has never been hurt. It's going to happen. It's an inevitable. You know, uh, research, has, research has stated that on average collision, uh, NFL or somebody just making contact within the game of football is like a simulated car crash. Uh, you know, it gets intense, it's physical, and all that extra phenomenon that we cannot explain. But Carson Wentz, he needs to go ahead and retire. It's getting, it's getting ugly, it's getting sickening, it's getting maddening, man. Now, this is one of the knocks that was on him when he did get traded to Indianapolis Colts, when he did make the transition from Philly to Indy, what type of Carson Wentz are we going to get? What was the one reason that he got benched in Philly besides him playing terribly? He couldn't stay healthy, man. The, t- the year that they won the Super Bowl, what happened? It was 12-4, and four, and then he gets hurt on a freak accident uh, out in L.A. against the Rams. I think he was trying to dive in for a touchdown. He tore his ACL. But he has been hurt consistently throughout his entire NFL season, man. Uh, Not his season, his entire NFL career. Now, I have heard of a lot of injuries, but I have never heard of somebody spraining both of their ankles in the same game. I've never heard it happen. If you sprain your ankle in the game more times than not, if you do not get tape, if you do not get spat right then and there, you're coming out the game and you don't play the rest of the game. This guy got both of his ankles sprained. Now, his accident, when he sprained his, his, ankle, his right ankle uh, when Aaron Donald tackled him, he should have broke his leg. All right, I will give him kudos for trying to come back into the game after that. But both ankles, bruh. I've never heard of both ankles being sprained in the same game. Maybe one, but both? Carson Wentz, I got to give you the ill of the week, ill of the day too. Ew, Carson Wentz. The Indianapolis coach, you made this risk. You knew exactly what type of quarterback you was getting when you offered that trade uh, a conditional 
first rounder, you know, if he plays a certain amount of stats, uh, it, it translates from a second rounder to a first rounder. If it doesn't, then the pick is just a second round pick. But you knew exactly what you was getting into when you made that trade. Carson Wentz has been injured his entire career. He's been injured in college. What he had, um, uh, uh, shoulder injury, finger injury, knee injury, concussions, ribs, you name it. Carson Wentz has already already been through it in his short, short window of playing football already. If it's me, he needs to go ahead and pull Andrew Luck, man. He needs to retire. You cannot play quarterback, and you're always hurt. You are the most important position in the NFL. It's quarterback, maybe middle linebacker or edge rusher after that. That's it. That's it. And he cannot stay healthy at all. Both ankles sprain in the same game. You could, you could argue it was on the same play if you're really being realistic. <laughs> I mean, if you just watch him limp off, I, I don't know. How, how did he leave the stadium? Did he leave in a wheelchair? Did he leave on crutches? Did he leave in the back of an ambulance truck? What's going on, Carson Wentz? Indianapolis coach Carson Wentz, you get the ew, the ill of the week, man. But we're just going to keep this rolling, man. You know, I'm going to transition from the NFL to college football, man. I'm just trying to work that into Joshua's proximity a little more. But let's talk about Clemson. This was a team preseason rankings. They was rated at number two, if I'm not mistaken, in the top ten in college football. They are awful. I didn't realize how important Trevor Lawrence was to that team. But DJ... Unga, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. DJ Ungavalaloa, uh, week one, you come in there against Georgia. You come fresh as hell with the number five chain on, talking about some five pieces in the biscuit or whatever the hell your chain said. You was fly, I will give you that. But your, your play has not been up to par. Now, I do have an issue with you being branded or being branded as the second coming of Cam Newton in college football. And then you're not performing, bruh. You went 18 of 25 against Georgia Tech. Now, I want to know the last time when Clemson played a close game against Georgia Tech. The last time Clemson had 14 points against Georgia Tech. He threw for 126 passing yards in that game. 14 and 19. 14 and 9 at home, and Georgia Tech could have won a game at the end of the end of the buzzard. DJ, Clemson, what's going on, man? Was y'all really holding on or riding Trevor Lawrence coattails so bad that y'all y'all putting up 14 points this season? Man, Clemson might be playing in the dang the Gator Bowl, man. I don't see them getting in any big games, a, a Rose Bowl, a Cotton Bowl, a Sugar Bowl, an Orange Bowl. I don't see it, man. Definitely not. They're definitely not making the college football playoffs. They can go ahead and cancel Christmas on that one, bro. Y'all are awful. DJ, you're awful. 18-25 against Georgia Tech, 126, 14-9. Are we serious right now, bro? And you're going to come out here with that, that. The chain was fresh. 
But, bro, your, your, your play is not resemblance of your appearance, bro. I need you to start coming out in some sweatpants or something, bro. You need to hit the workout early, bro. I don't know if you need to come to Clemson and, and, and do a damn uh, lift before the game, but you're trash, bro. And you saw it last year when they played Notre Dame. I kind of saw something. I'm like, ah, these boys, they really not that good. And they didn't they lose? They lost. Yeah, they lost last year against Notre Dame. If I'm not mistaken, I'm like, uh, I'm not too sure. Or it was really, really close. I'm like, I'm not too sure. I'm looking at Notre Dame last year. There is no way if they have Trevor Lawrence that that's even a game, bro. DJ, Clemson, you're awful. I really want to give you a – I'm giving you an ill part too. Carson Wentz, you get the first – ew. But DJ Ungualua, ew. You're trash, bro. Next, man, please. Now, we're, we're going to transition from the NFL, even though we got some great NFL games, and I'm going to get to my top ten. Let's transition to talk about the guy that, that needs to be ridiculed again, Ben Simmons now. He has come out and stated that he is not reporting to training camp, but at the end of the day, I do understand that he does feel betrayed by his coaching staff by Joel Embiid, by the 76ers organization. But I still feel like he has to look himself in the mirror. I understand that he's he, he needs to improve his game. It's just, it's just that simple. At the end of the day, you know, you put a lot of the blame on Joel Embiid. You want to talk about the Sixers organization. You want to talk about the head coaching staff and Doc Rivers. But at the end of the day, Ben Simmons, I do believe that you do need to report to training camp. Yes, you do want to be traded, but it's not making yourself look, I guess you could say, quote-unquote, professional. Yes, the team, we do know that the team doesn't want you. So I can kind of see where he's kind of reluctant on not showing up to training camp. But, dude, what are you going to be doing, man? Because I know you're not in the gym really working on your jump shots, bro. I know that you're not. That stuff that you're posting on IG, it's not going to translate to your game, bro. It hasn't translated for the last four seasons. So I don't care about you posting on social media, this and that. I still feel like you still need to show up. You're going to get $8 million if you show up at the end of October, beginning of October. You need to show up and play, bro. You need to show up to training camp. You need to get yourself in shape. Uh, you might get traded to Sacramento or some team where you can actually run it, you, you know, your own basketball team. But Ben Simmons, you got to improve, man. I think this is what everybody is waiting for. You're a two-time all-NBA defense. You're, you're a two-time all-star, uh, NBA rookie of the year. But Ben Simmons, we have not seen any growth in your game at all. And it's kind of very apparent because at the end of the day, Ben Simmons – you had the ball in your hands. You're the one that is facilitating the offense. And if you become unplayable as a starting point guard in the fourth quarter, what good are you? They're going to do a hack of Ben. It's not a Shaq situation where you're a center and you have to get the ball fed to you. You literally have the ball in every single possession. You're walking the ball up the court. Ben Simmons, we've already stated this. We've been on this on the last episode, on the last couple of episodes, when the infamous, oh, I'm up under the rim, and I'm going to pass it to 
whoever the guy is, and he's going to get fouled, and he's going to make one out of two free throws when I had an open dunk. That's coming back to bite you. Ben Simmons, I'm expecting more, brother. So let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and jump right into my top ten heading into week three of the NFL season. So if you can see it right now, I'm hold on, but get up the post board one more time. Yeah. This is what we're looking like, all right? So at number 10, we're going with the Green Bay Packers. Now, there's not a lot of respect in beating the Detroit Lions. We know that the Detroit Lions are a bad NFL team. Good teams beat bad teams when it's needed the most. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is still a phenomenal talent at quarterback, but that still that week one loss, it still taints my mouth. So I can't move them up above these next nine teams. At number nine, we got the Carolina Panthers. First time, we're 2-0. Uh, we are looking like a really, really good football team. We're top two in total defense. We're top two in rushing defense. My defense is looking stout. Christian McCaffrey is back in action. We play against the Houston Texans, but I know we're winning at least by 14 points. At number eight, I like the Baltimore Ravens. Now, the reason why the Ravens are above the the Carolina Panthers and above the the Green Bay Packers are because they beat the reigning defending AFC champions. And that and they came back when their offense is facilitated around that running game. I got to give the Ravens some credit. Uh, there's nothing else to say, man. They're one-on-one. They did an excellent job by coming back and beating the Kansas City Chiefs. At number eight, I'm loving the Baltimore Ravens. At number seven... The Las Vegas Raiders, man. Now, this team, they're undefeated, and they have two really good wins. One against the Baltimore Ravens in week one, and then they go in Pittsburgh, and they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, whatever you want to say, the Baltimore Ravens and the, and the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, they are in the AFC North, which is always a physical conference year in and year out. These are two solid organizations year in and year out. And the Las Vegas Raiders went, and they beat both of them teams soundly, too. So, at number seven, I like the Las Vegas Raiders. At number six, we're going with the Buffalo Bills. Now, it's kind of the same situation with the Green Bay Packers. How much respect do you get for beating a really bad team? Now, I'm not saying the Miami Dolphins are really, really bad, but they're not a good football team without Tua, and he's going to be out some week with some fractious ribs. Uh, they won 35 nothing. So I like the Buffalo Bills at number six. I still think that they have a lot more to get into as far as the running game, but the Buffalo Bills at number six. Number five, the San Francisco 49ers. They are one of the remaining seven NFL teams that are undefeated. The only other team that I left outside of the top ten, the Denver Broncos, because of Teddy Bridgewater. But we're talking about the San Francisco 49ers right now. And their defense, their quarterback play, it could be better. But their running game, you can plug any running back in there, and they're going to do great with that team. So at number five, the 49ers. At number four, the Arizona Cardinals. Now, this is a team that kind of worries me a little bit. They're too reliant on Kyler Murray. I'm not saying that's a bad – that's not a bad thing to rely on. 
but they have to start running the football. They got to start running the football with James Conner. They got to start running the football with Chase Edmonds just to alleviate some of the pressure off of Kyler Murray so that you can get him out in space, so that you can get some play action going with Kyler Murray out on the edge, throwing to DeAndre Hawkins, to A.J. Green, to Christian Kirk. So at number four, I like the Arizona Cardinals. At number three, a team that I'm still a a little iffy on, and we're going to find out this week against when they play against the Tampa Buccaneers. But number three, I like the, the Los Angeles Rams, man, for everything I just stated. Their defense is stout. Their offense is clicking. Cooper Cup is balling on another level. He's looking like a first-team all-pro receiver right now. Matthew Stafford looks like he belongs. And Sean McVay looks like he has this guy. So at number three, we're going to see exactly what the Los Angeles Rams has this weekend. Um, but at number three, I like the Los Angeles Rams. And number two, Kansas City Chiefs, man, I would like for them to to close out that game. They had a shot at the end of the game. If Clyde Edwards Alaire does not fumble the ball, they go down there and they at least kick a field goal to win the game. But you know, Patrick Mahomes is at least going to at least put it in a box, if anything. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs, it, it it was it was an okay loss. I'm not saying that any loss is great, but they played the Baltimore Ravens at home. They were up big. Defense had two, maybe two or three interceptions. One went back to the crib. Tyron Matthew was all over the place in his return back against the Baltimore Ravens in the second week. So I like the Kansas City Chiefs at number two. And number one, the reigning, the defending Super Bowl champions, uh, Timber Bay Buccaneers, man. Now they're going to have a tough one on their hands flying out west against the Los Angeles Rams where the Super Bowl will be hosted. But at number one, I do like the Los Angeles Rams. So let's go ahead and get into our matchups uh, heading into week three. Panthers versus Texans. You know how I'm rocking Panthers. Chargers versus the Chiefs. Great one. I'm going with the I'm going to go with the upset. Let me go with the Chargers this game. The Cardinals versus the Jags. The Jags need to start running the football. Trevor Lawrence is going to be retiring within the next four seasons. So, I like the cards big. Bears versus the Browns. First time Justin Fields will be starting. But you don't want him starting against that defense. With that being said, I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns. Washington versus the Bills. I like the Bills in this game. Colts versus the Titans. We just talked about my ill of the day. So, no, the Colts do not win this game. The Tennessee Titans. The Saints versus the Patriots. I don't know how the Saints are underdogs in this game. I'm like, what? I like the Saints over the Patriots. Falcons versus the Giants. Give me the Giants. Give me Saquon. Bengals versus the Steelers. I like the Steelers. It's going to be closer than a lot of people think, though. I like the Steelers. It's going to be real close. Uh, the Ravens versus the Lions. Stop it. The Lions, they're, a top, they're getting a top four pick this year, heading into next year's draft. The Jets versus the Broncos. Don't be surprised if the Jets make this a game. But I'm going with the Denver Broncos. Like them at 3-0. Dolphins versus the Raiders. No Tua. Raiders are balling. Give me the Raiders. The Bucks versus the Rams in Los Angeles. A.B., he might be out due to COVID. Give me Tom Brady, though. <laughs> Seahawks versus the Vikings. I like the Seahawks in this game. Packers versus the 49ers at the 49ers. Last time we saw Green Bay and San Francisco, they got the brakes beat off them, and they might get the brakes beat off them again. But 
gonna go with Green Bay in this matchup. Eagles versus the Cowboys. I like the I like the Cowboys, man. As much as I, it pains me to say, I like the Cowboys. So, as always, that concludes season two, episode twenty-one of Josh's proximity. We out.